Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ooh, all right, so it, it doesn't taste good. It's got that kind of... I don't even know, like just dark, kind of nutty flavor, sort of fluffy. I feel like you're almost drinking milk a little bit. Roasted and robust, which is just kind of sits on your mouth and uh, turns into something a little crispier. I'm choking on it. Drew, please edit this up so you get the generous body sits on your mouth uh, back to back. <laughs> <laughs> podcast my name is cam hasbrook we've got chris gear the bullpen here and also my guy doob who was our post live correspondent from the garden tonight he was there for the last minute walk off i'll call it game winner from charlie mcavoy uh, and a few things happening before that too that we will certainly get to tonight but first, we're going to talk about a little bit of beer and, and drinks in general, because I know at least one of us doesn't have beer, and I also don't. Um, I guess I, I do, do, but not. I have low yeah, expectations yeah, have for my beer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, Lancey, let's start with you. Lancey is surprised, and he seems prepared with a beer. What you got, Lancey? Yeah, I, for once, I have a surplus. Uh, this is, <laughs> see if I get it right now, because it's something I grabbed from the fridge. Medusa's Brewing's Ruction west coast style ipa it's 6.6 uh, percent for those of you that are concerned with percentages and uh, i've never had it before so let's try it live that was ruction with shouts to the ruction line is that a thing <laughs> oh, the, uh, for some reason Apparently. i imagine ruction line like the mason dixon line or something like that <laughs> like a line geographically and uh, in history class related news, uh, no, so I, I would give this a 37 out of 37, but that should surprise none of you if you've been around here for long, because all beer tastes like beer to me. I might beg to differ because I have a beer that I don't think tastes like beer tonight. I haven't tried it yet, but I have a lot of expectations. I'll say I'm that with one, with one exception, because that's always you know a thing with rules. Um, there was a sour that I had that I just could not finish because it did not taste like a beer. Was but it anyway. white pumpkin ale by any chance? No, it was not <laughs> one of those. <laughs> it's still, there's still one can in the fridge because my brother forgot to have it at Christmas, calling out my brother on the pod. Anyway. What's Cam doing? Oh, I'm yeah. just checking out my beer bottle. I'm, I'm trying to soak in the disgustingness of it. So, All, <laughs> yeah, all, all I know is we have resident uh, Detroit Red Wings fan here, Chris Gear. 
No, I'm I'm not a Detroit Red Wings fan. They are my team. They're his team. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, yeah. So I've got a Sam Adams holiday porter, which is described as quote roasted and robust, which is kind of how I like my sunflower seeds, but usually not my beer. Uh, it is described as chestnut colored malts roasting on an open fire, malt and flaked oats, and generous body and rich flavor for a, a round, dark, and satisfying ale that caps any winter night. Uh, I smelled this, and it smells gross. It's been sitting in my fridge for approximately three months because I've been too scared to drink it. So I figured if there's any any time to do it, let's at least get some content out of it. Yeah. Here we go. Love you, Cam. Thank you for the content. The um, ooh, all right. So it, it kind of tastes like a Guinness, except for it doesn't taste good. Except uh, it's not a Guinness. So it's just it's, heavy. It's, got, it's very heavy. It's got that kind of... I don't even know, like just dark kind of nutty flavor to it that you kind of get with the Guinness, but the Guinness is also like sort of fluffy. So it kind of supplements that you feel like you're almost drinking milk a little bit. And this is still very thin. So that taste just kind of sits on your mouth and uh, turns into something a little crispier. Drinkability. Drew, please edit this up. So you get the generous body sits on your mouth. Nutty taste. Wow. Yes, honestly. <laughs> This is great. I'm trying generous to exactly body, nutty, sits on your mouth. <laughs> Good lord! All right, well, that just knocked down the drinkability even more. I think it's about a four for drinkability. Uh, Taste—you can definitely taste it. It's probably a 36 for taste, but um, as far as quality of taste, it would be quite low. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Luckily, I also have a whiskey sour here to wash it down. Oh. So that's what we're going to go down with. So, cheers yeah. to that one. Drinkability. Oh, mm. As I'm choking on it, I was going to give it a 37, but I guess I got to knock it down oh, to like a 34 right now. All of this is being edited together <laughs> into one side. <laughs> you know that, yeah. Good luck. And aside, when do we That's think he'll throw up? The pod is going to be. It's just going to be Cam saying like that, all edited down to one sentence, and then yeah. that's right, done. Let's, let's just toss it right to Drew to add to the whatever the fuck this is drew what you got he's got poland spring <laughs> poland spring because but i will uh i talked to you out there for truth ipa from uh ryan Geist. i think it was brewery um, German's which, which is out of ohio because you know actually there is a large german population yes, in ohio in the midwest in general um but that was a really good beer i rated it i think it's 28 in something but uh my dad rated it drinkability of uh fred stan steen or stanfield stanfield Stanfield. fred stanfield and an andy moog on uh drinkability which i just put out there without he was probably like you should put like the numbers in parentheses i was like no i'm gonna let this for for the real Bruins fans out there, apparently not true. <laughs> which he told me the numbers, which is why I, I knew Andy Mood, but I had no idea Fran Stanfield was a person, let alone a Bruins player. So <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a number seventeen. But that was a really good beer. I had an Elijah as my first beer at the Garden. I had a a Corona, and then another beer that I bought for the third period that before finishing that Corona. So there was a lot there, but all good. A great game to have a beer at, uh, which is probably any Bruins game, but nice. that's what I'll say for my 
drink rating. Well, you also texted us and you got it sounds like the best urinal in the uh, in the garden as well. Oh yeah, so that's a weird thing. So my dad and I were talking about that in line for the men's room. That like, oh, they have cup holders now. I was like, really? That's cool because usually, you know, you got to put your beer on top of the urinal, and that's that's how you hold your beer there. But no, the only cup stand was at the like kids' urinal. You just find like maybe the premises that kids will like spill their drink if they put it on the urinal, but like that just seems like odd to me. But you know what? You know, piss at the kids' urinal. That's what I'm telling you. That's just my advice in general. If they have, you can definitely add something in there too. So it's gonna be quite the edit. (laughs) That's a a bleep. Um, Chris, you look disgusted. What What you got tonight? I'm not letting my beer touch a urinal. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't know standard protocol. (laughs) That's why you piss at the kids' urinal. That's why because it has its own (laughs) cup holder aside from the urinal. No, either either leave my beer with somebody trusted. at my seat or i just like or, hold on to it with my teeth it. oh you're a one-handed pisser i get it <laughs> um i've got a Lacroix <laughs> lime sparkling water uh la croix for for the uh quebecois, quebecois. um Quebec. yeah i mean it's fine I, I don't have any brand loyalty when it comes to seltzers i think they all pretty much taste the same um did that hard yeah. seltzer get hired by the Montreal Canadiens as GM this week, or, or they go with someone that's not French Canadian? <laughs> see what uh, I did there. Anyway, yeah, I see what you did. There. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. I didn't because um, I'm seeing double, but <laughs> I have a truly strawberry hibiscus margarita style, and this is the best truly flavor out there. Um, right on. Truly, yeah. it's the best. Not sponsored, but if they would like to send another case of these, I'd appreciate it. Um, yeah, 37s all around. Let it be noted that a truly ever decided to sponsor us that they need to ship everything to, to Jess. Please. <laughs> Boston Please. Company. Yeah. Um, all right, so hockey time. Let's start out with uh, let's start out with the the scarier things, and then we'll we'll finish on a higher note. Um, Bruins obviously getting the win tonight, but the long term concern is over the health of Brad Marchand, who was running the boards from behind from I believe Maine native Garnet Hathaway. Um, I don't know. I've watched it a lot of times. It looked pretty dirty. Uh, Marchand did his best to try to stay out there. He came out for the power play. Ended up yanking himself. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the video going around Twitter, but on the McAvoy game winner, he went up to try, I think it was that one, but he tried to celebrate the goal and uh, he like clearly could not lift his arm above like shoulder level. He tried to, and he immediately whipped it down and looked like he was in some pain. The um, video of Marshan yanking himself. <laughs> yes. The video of Marshan yanking himself. This is all being edited together. I can't uh, <laughs> As it's, gonna Chris, be a, it's gonna be a real gross five minute episode <laughs> that'll just be the cold open really gross five minute cold open <laughs> yeah wonderful uh as chris kind of commented on last time the classic sports take thing where you go i don't want to speculate on injuries but we're going to speculate on injuries anyway uh i think i know chris definitely will agree with me i think everybody else probably will but uh if there's a handful of players that the Bruins absolutely cannot afford to lose for an extended period of time. Brad Marchand is it's their one or two on MVP. that list. I think it's probably him and McAvoy. I think I tweeted out are the two that you absolutely can't afford to lose. 
Um, again, I don't want to speculate too much here. Who knows? It could just be got his, you know, shit rung up a little bit. It looked like it was maybe collarbone or something. But, um, of course, I, I mean, it was an upper body injury, of course, as we all know. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if, if he's out for an extended period of time, that could be a serious issue for this Bruins team. So I disagree for one reason and one reason only. Because uh, unless he's out for like a really extended period of time, Bruins are pretty much just in the playoffs. Um, I, I would prefer not to be missing Brad Marchand for a long period of time because, you know, things can happen and you can lose a bunch of games in a row. But, um, yeah, I'd prefer this happen now than right before the playoffs. Um, yeah, sure, but I mean, it's your, not like a one or the other thing. Of course. He's your most important offensive player. I don't know entirely what happens to that second line if Taylor Hall is playing on the top line. Um, I don't know if pasta comes back up to the top line and Smith goes back down to the second line or if coil comes back up to the second line. Uh, yeah. You, you got to figure a whole bunch out now. Um, but yeah, not ideal. Maybe, maybe you put Jake DeBrusk who's been playing pretty well since he demanded a trade up on that top line and he, oh gets, God, the, would he gets the opportunity that he's been asking for. Oh my God. Yeah, I will say uh, the Bruins, again, very much should be in the playoffs. There's a pretty clear gap between where they are and who's outside the picture at this point. But they're also only three points back at Toronto right now, which I know grabbing third in the division isn't terribly important, but getting that extra seating for potential home ice at some point, you know, you're probably probably not going to get much from the third divisional spot, but it's at least, a, you know, you're not coming in as the bottom wildcard team, which is where they are right now, would be good. Um, so that obviously a push to do that hurts a little bit or a lot if you're, if you're losing Marshan for an extended period of time, but, um, yeah, it's not like Marshan gets injured and that's like, oh, fuck the Bruins are done this season. They're not making the playoffs. I think they, they should be pretty safely in knock on wood, regardless of that. Um, I will say just based on the Marshy stuff, um, being at the game, they announced the penalty, what seemed like it would be during commercial break because the ice crew was out there with their oversized shovels and everything. Um, really oversized shovels. Holy shit, those shovels. I'll add that into the camera. Sterling Archer. Um, but uh, yeah, so but it was like an interference call rather than a boarding call or hit from behind or whatever. And I I'm not sure what the ruling is. If I know hitting from behind and boarding is reviewable for becoming a major, but interference sounds like it wasn't. But during that break, the refs was kind of circled and were like talking about it before the, the ref officially announced that it was interference. So that was if interesting. I had to imagine they, they could have been debating, you know, is it possibly charging? Because that's virtually, yeah. you know, the discretion of the ref themselves, whether or not someone was going in too fast or if they had enough time to really glide and ease into it. But anyway. But I also don't understand how the ref was standing right there and he wasn't the one to call it. Like, listen, I have bad days where my glasses, you know, like sometimes I just get distracted or, you know, contacts a little loose in there and I don't always see everything. But come on. Yeah, how I, uh, did you miss that? You certainly like were not the only just... one who was confused. I think you could, if my lip reading was correct, Marshan gave him a, how the fuck did you not call that skating by on the way out on uh, the tight I... shot? But yeah, it's, that's some frustrating shit. I mean, I mean I've, again, I've never played in the NHL or anything like that, but I've had that to me. Well, probably this is even a, a, 
a better uh, justifier here, but playing low-level college hockey, we had some pretty shitty refs from time to time, and there is nothing more frustrating than when you get run from behind and there's a guy standing three feet away who doesn't call it. (laughs) You don't. You guys. that level of hockey doesn't even get like more than one official and one linesman, right? Or do they? No, we got we would get several for really. You'd for get like, two officials and two linesmen for Asha. We'd get at least yeah, usually three or four. Really, I think, but I feel um, like for a lot of like leagues like that, I think even like NCAA Division One, they get one official. And two no, you get you get two like officials that. for really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew showing his ass here. I'm watching. Um, oh, I was watching some EAS, ECHL main Mariners. <laughs> I think they get one official. The Bruise and Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on all the action and feel the sweat of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the most surprising thing about the ref not calling that hit was that the tempers were already kind of flaring. And in a game like that, usually you see a, a play like that pretty immediately flagged. Yeah. Um, I believe the term is game management. Yeah, because you know they're, they're trying to keep things quiet. I'm I'm pretty surprised that things stayed pretty chill for the most part, considering the you know the Tom Wilson hit was a I'd say a clean hit, but mm-hmm. excessive in terms of just the total energy imparted. Um, so the fun fact there is it could have been interference, given that bleed didn't have the puck now. You might say, oh, but he he only just lost it like a second before, so it's not really interference. That's the only part where if anyone wants to say, oh, it was borderline bad, maybe interference. But otherwise, it was clean. It was a rare event in the history of the universe. Tom Wilson made a good, hard, clean hit. That's probably the best and the cleanest hit he has and will ever make in his career. And what I didn't like was on the broadcast – I don't know who was calling the game tonight, but it was the woman. And she kept saying, well, bleed, you know, he had his head down and, you know, you really got to keep your head up. That's not an excuse. Like, and it doesn't make the hit any, you know, less painful for him. Like, yeah, his head was down. That's what you do when you play a sport. You got to keep your eye on the puck. Yeah, that was AJ Malesko. I think she had a tough game and and I think Brian Boucher also had a tough game. I, I think AJ Malesko is a lot better in the booth than she is between yeah. the 
between the benches. And I think Brian Boucher is a lot better between the benches than he is uh, in the booth. So I think they really fucked that up. I will say, like, I I have a little bit of an objection there. Maybe this is just my inner defensive in talking, but, like, that was a perfectly clean hit. And I kind of agree with with AJ on that one. Like, you can't be cut into the middle like that with your head down and, like, I, I'm not saying it's like safe or anything. That's that's the sport of hockey, but like I remember that's the thing that Anders Bjork kept getting nailed for is that he would, you know, he was so had so much skill on the outside, but then he'd cut to the middle and he'd leave himself exposed and he'd get drilled, and that's what led to those shoulder injuries. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like if, if I'm a defenseman and a guy cuts into the middle like that with his head down, like I'm looking to put my shoulder in his crest to like and you know, I, again, we can all. I know Drew jumped in on the fuck Tom Wilson chance, and I'm all aboard that train. He's, he's usually pretty that big was piece beautiful. of shit. Ice, but, um, that I, I had no problem with that hit. It sucks that you know, bleeds hurt. I hope he's all right. I'm a fan of him, obviously, but um, I don't know. I think I think I kind of I, I, I don't want to say I sympathize with it because that's definitely the wrong word, but I, I got no issues with it for sure. Um, I will say, I think the best tweet I saw tonight was from Jeff Israel saying, Tom Wilson looks off his game. He totally just bleeds head right there, <laughs> which was one of the best tweets Jeff. I've ever read in a long time. We got to get Jeff on. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a while, but we have not, uh, we've not reached out. Well, a number of times I've just tweeted like so. Jeff in general, and then he'll f- like my tweet out of nowhere. He doesn't follow me. One of these days I might wake up to that, but like, I'll just tweet like shout out to all Jeffs in the world. And Jeff, like your tweet. From being there, the hit happened so quick that a lot of people just assume they saw bleed on the ice face down, like holding his head and tom wilson having thrown the hit everyone's assumption was oh that was dirty absolutely that was dirty and that was my assumption too they didn't show the replay at the garden which i didn't show it on the broadcast either they didn't not really they they did later on they went to commercial immediately and then came back and showed it a bunch okay but like because my opinion is that at the garden they don't show the replay if it goes against the grain of what the crowd thinks you know when you're watching baseball and like some a fan runs on the field and, and they, they just cut, cut away it, that's pretty much like kind of the vibe that i was getting i was like oh Okay. But I will say I stand by joining in on the fuck Tom Wilson chant because like fuck Tom Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And like I, mean, I may but... have made some thing like comments and shit about him that I won't <laughs> repeat on this podcast that I repeated in front of like children in the row behind <laughs> me. But um well, like, you yeah, go into the fuck jungle Tom Wilson is basically a little bit, you know. <laughs> there is something I wanna it, maybe we'll get to it later, but there was some cool stuff with the fans around me that I would like to mention at some point. But we can yeah. continue. Um, real quick, yeah, we've, got like, tonight, we've got like 10 I'm minutes, so we'll, we'll just recap quick. Uh, any thoughts on McVoy getting the? I mean, that's an absolute fucking highlight real goal, is the first thing that I thought. I love that. Like, that's the one you're gonna see on the end of season, like Charlie McVoy hype video. Um, first of all, gotta give some shouts to Jake DeBrusque, did a great job of creating some space there, creating time, most of all. That's a scary situation when you're posted up on the sideboards and you've got three defenders staring at your face that are, especially in a game like that, that are ready and eager to take your head off, but um, showed real veteran patience there, I think, and then an excellent pass up the middle to feed McAvoy in the slot and a, just an absolute bullet of a shot from Charlie. 
Um, that's the one that's mm-hmm. going to be the first video in the, the Bruins Chuck Norris hype train this year. Yeah. Before we keep going on that goal, I, I want to shout out some like really nice passes this game. You had the uh, Grizzly pass to pasta for the, uh, for the breakaway goal on the power play. And then you had the uh, Taylor Hall kind of give and go with pasta where he like perfectly led him uh, to get his first goal. Um, pretty, yeah, just some dope passes uh, to lead to lead some, some goals. We, we love seeing great primary assists. Hey, don't forget the secondaries too. We like the secondaries. A little tic-tac-toe action, nothing better. That we do. Uh, yeah, anybody have any uh, any thoughts on Chucky Light and the Lamp? Drew, what was that uh, reaction like in the garden? I imagine I mean, it, it was it, it was electric. Like it was. Did like, it feel oh. like a playoff game? It, it, it at least felt like an OT goal. Like, it felt like it was the game winner, but at the same time, just how the game went, that, like, all right, Washington can score with 45 seconds like, after <laughs> yeah. that. Like, it was so, like, a uh, until it was really until Olmark had the puck behind the net with five seconds left that people were like, okay, Olmark's got control. While personally, I hated every time he went behind the net to play the puck. Um, I felt confident in that one. Like, all right, he's just going to double it to the defense. I felt quite the opposite in that one. When I see a goaltender behind their own net with five seconds left, I'm thinking, what the fuck are you doing? Like, the worst thing that does is wrap around. Chances are your winger defenses. And even if they don't, like, you're telling me he has more faith playing it behind the net like that with guys. He wanted the goalie goal. Rather than yeah, like, he wanted the empty net. Like if that snaps um, around, they can, the best they can do is take a one timer off the boards, like near post. And there's, I mean, I know he. Omar they already the scored on one of those. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that one was a snipe. That first goal, um, the the other one from the slot that went off his glove was not the best. But I don't know. I just I would have rather had him stay in the crease there. But no harm, no foul. Yeah. Um, uh, so back to the the Chuck goal. Uh, what a fucking sick toe drag right before he snapped that. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> fucking beautiful. Every time I watch Charlie McAvoy play, I'm just like, damn, that's the type of hockey player I wish I, I could be. It's just, he's incredible. Though. He also dumped at somebody early in the game, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, I believe it was. <laughs> yep. Uh, right after the the earlier hit on uh, Bleed. So, uh, so for when these old men log on to Twitter on their Nokia phones and say <laughs> the Bruins don't have somebody who will like retaliate. I hope all of their replies are just filled with well, like that hit. Yeah, no, they, they think they don't have somebody who can retaliate and take a dumb penalty by punching somebody in the mouth. Right, like I'm it. sorry. It was that's a perfect response from Max. Anymore. I mean, yeah, they have to score 10 points. Right. It's always my solution. Like, if you want Milan Lucic's contract, I will happily give it to you. There were people who were, were pandering for it earlier in the offseason, I remember. They but, saw 17 yeah. on the back of the jersey and got excited for a moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean... <laughs> and now they're complaining about a guy that and and I full credit to Nick Felino for everything that he's done and the struggle he's gone through this season. I don't think he's as bad as people make him no. out to be, only because um, when you start thinking about the way the salary cap works and how a third liner generally makes around three million dollars, a good third liner. Felino's at that age where. He's not quite too old to start making less, 
but he's not quite too young to start making a whole lot more. So at 3.8 million for two, three years, however long the contract is, two years, uh, it's, two. it's late. I don't, I don't know. Uh, that's not breaking the bank to me. If this season works out, great. If it doesn't, you flip him. You do whatever you need to do. That's kind of the thought process with Eric Howla until he started going off on the second line to begin with because Howla in the last five or six, however long you want to drag it out really in his entire career, he's had good year, not so good year. Good year, not so good year. He gets traded. Good year. The following year, he's a bit quiet. Okay, he gets traded again. Starts to rebound. He gets traded one more time. Has a great time in Nashville. Starts to go quiet. And, you know, it's this is we're talking replacement level guys that they are easily in the word itself replaceable i don't think that felino is necessarily getting the benefit of the doubt for being a veteran he's getting the benefit of the doubt because when felino and debrusque and coil play together they've got some sort of chemistry that elevates debrusque's play felino has been the guy to go in on every battle, whether it's worked out or burned him in his own zone, he goes into every battle along the wall. Albeit he gets injured easily. That's a problem. Yes. But he goes to those areas that people have had a problem with when they watch Jake DeBrusque play. And that's not entirely DeBrusque's game to begin with. But if you want him to be a bit more of a two way guy, that sure will chip in where he needs to to get the puck, maybe he can learn from Nick Felino. And if it works out for a game or two, great. If it doesn't work after three games, by all means, then you have to start deciding who you scratch and replace Oscar Steen because that's just the reality of it. For one game in the regular season, a night like tonight, it makes sense to me. If you get to the playoffs, don't treat it like the David Backus scenario <laughs> in 2019 when people were like, oh, well, we got to put Backus in because he's a veteran and you know he'll know what to do. And he just doesn't because he doesn't have it or anything. For right now, it's to your benefit to try to have a guy that's good in the room, knows how to kind of get out of a bit of a funk, and you know ultimately might help elevate DeBrusque's play. And now if Marshan's going to be out for an extended period of time, he'll be on the first line. But just to kind of restart someone who earlier in the year requested a trade, doesn't mean it gets filled, and also everyone has hated for some reason despite saying nothing bad about the city of Boston, nothing bad about the fans. He just needs either a change of scenery or he needs to just be more consistent and get better. He's not Phil Kessel. He's not saying I'm not going to resign here and he gets traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. You can boo a guy when they're not wearing your Jersey. That's my take. Are we booing Tory Krug? No. Absolutely fucking not. Okay. No, I would, but I, I just have a personal thing with Tori. Yeah, I just have I'm like a kidding. personal vendetta against him. What? What's that? What's up with That's that? That's for something off air that we can discuss. Okay. Oh. We can yeah. discuss that, I guess, Ooh. then. Um, all right, our final segment tonight. Drew walked into TD Garden and Dube walked out of it. What was that experience like transforming? Drew, you got a couple stories I hear. Um, all right, so we talked about the fuck Tom Wilson chant, which I will forever stand by. I know that hit was clean, but fuck Tom Wilson. <laughs> um, so we'll start start on a, a just an overall good note for well, it was for a period, so good, good kudos on the dad for snagging the seats right behind us for uh when he could. 
um it was a dad just explaining hockey to his son throughout the first period like oh see how he boxed him out there uh that penalty was called because it was retaliatory all that shit just reminded me of being a kid and my dad explaining shit to me uh it was the just awesome the cradle the... it was just Sorry, awesome just... from the perspective <laughs> of the right so time <laughs> it, it was just it was just like awesome to hear um, but they weren't there for the second or third. So I think they got kicked out of their seats and went to their actual seats, but kudos on the dad for fucking like snagging them seats early. Um, but, uh, so there were three guys to the left of me this game. So the one on Jokers the far left to the right on the aisle was a caps fan, uh, wearing an Ovechkin Jersey, which if you're going to wear a caps Jersey, sure. Ovechkin, whatever. It wasn't like that Tom Wilson guy while during the fuck Tom Wilson chant, he was fucking flashing his fucking Wilson shirt, like a fucking piece of shit. Um, if you own a Tom Wilson Jersey, well, I guess most people will say the same about Brad Marchand Jersey. So I won't, I won't say it, but, um, so he was a caps fan. Um, immediately to the left of me there was three it was three guys so on the right side of those three guys was a bruins fan but he was quiet um he was like very reserved in his bruins fandom like just kind of like small comments like i don't know that kind of overheard i also during the mcavoy goal i like he went to high five me and i went to high five him but I was a couple beers deep and he was a couple Coca-Colas deep. So I high-fived him basically in the face. Like it, it was like a whiff. You like, like it was like someone part of his Garden. hand and went into his face. This is a confession. And then I, I patted him on the back and was like, I'm sorry. I just high-fived you in the face. But he understood McAvoy game winner. Um, and the father, Sometimes what I would assume was the father was in the middle of what I assume are these two brothers. And he was very odd. So like the Caps fan no mask the bruins fan that i high-fived in the face mask the entire time the father in the middle mask over his chin the entire time so it was like a very much split and like he was like cheering for the bruins and knew a lot about the bruins but did not stand up during any of their goals scored so it's like very confused on like the alliance here like i feel like one of your sons was just like a a kid who like jumped on the like the caps bandwagon at some point and your other oh, kid was like you raised him correctly um <laughs> it was just like very odd that like that's your allegiance like i will cheer for the bruins but i will not stand up for them when they score against the capitals it's not um, that was me i'm not gonna lie that was me when Let's they played the flames but they didn't actually score a goal but whenever Ooh. they did something good. Is that good, a dig? Is, I think that's a dig right there. No, I think that's more um, of a credit to Dan Vladar, Bruins legend. Shouts. But, but overall, it was a very competitive game. Like, every time the Bruins scored, the Caps scored right back. It was like it was a very good hockey game, whether you're a fan of either team or not a fan of either team. It was, uh, it was a very good hockey game, uh, very entertaining. And glad the Bruins came out of that because – the entirety of the game, it looked like it could go either way. And even with that 45 seconds left on the clock, it looked like the Caps could have scored um, to tie it up. So, What do you um, mean? They had them all the way. Come on. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Be an artist. Yeah. Be an artist. Yeah. I meant to do that. If it weren't actually one of those goals, if Olmark didn't try to save it, it would have gone wide. But he did. So it was a goal. So I will say that. Fuck Olmark. Fuck Rask. Bring wow. Swayman up. Bring... 
where the fuck else they have kaiser kyle kaiser let's go and like just that's that's the cup winning team no i'm kidding all mark rask good duo we'll talk about that in more depth i assume next week all right i guess we'll talk about that next week (laughs) no i think we've talked about it before (laughs) this concludes another episode of the birds and birds podcast thank you so much for listening uh, go rate us on Spotify or something, unless you don't like us, and then don't. Or do. It'd be kind of funny, actually. But if you have an actual hate mail, you should probably email it to us, because then we can always oh my get God. content out of it. Five stars. Bruins at gmail.com. Five stars on, on Spotify for this podcast, for Locked on Flames, and for Down the Frozen River, please, everybody. Please. Yeah, the last one's only so good. And four and a half. My show's in crisis mode on the network, so just, like, Tell everyone. Tell them about it. Oh, by the way, Bowlet too. Go five. Yeah, they're on Instagram too. Burrito, baby. And I will add, fuck Tom Wilson. Are we? I was gonna say, are we fucking Anders Bjork this week?